0: Okay, we're beginning here on the top of Ayin Vavam and by the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, si That one who takes out straw has to take out the amount that would fill the mouth of a cow, because that was the normal feed for a cow, and therefore its shi'ur for carrying is determined by the normal size that one would take out to feed a cow. Etza, which the Gemo will explain later, is the stalks of kitnit, of legumes. Gamal. That is feed for a camel, and therefore the amount that you would be culpable for if you carried out is the amount that would fill the mouth of a camel. Amir, which as Rashi describes over here, is kashin shel shibalim, the ears of corn, or soft straw, is kmle is the amount that would fill the mouth of a lamb, because that is the normal feed for a lamb. Asabim, herbs, kmle pigdi, to fill the mouth of a goat, or really a kid, Aleishum the leaves of garlic, vale bitzolim and leaves of onions, lachim. If they are moist, then they are ra'ui. They are edible foods for humans, and therefore the shiur beker grow garret the size of a fig, which is the standard default size of food items to be carried out for human consumption. Yveshim, on the other hand, if they're dried out, then they are feed for the goats, and therefore you'd have to take out Gadit, the amount that would fill the mouth of the goat or the kid. Ve'en ze im they are not able to add together. These different food items do not add together in order to come up with a single shiur because their shiurim are different. We'll see in the Gemara later, and Tosavot already points out here, that when we say that they are not mitzterif because their shiur is not equal, that number one means if their shiur is equal, they would be mitzterif. And number two is, which the Gemara will say later on, that the one that is more chamur, if you have a more stringent shiur, that which requires normally a, no- a larger shiur, can be midstrife, the item that requires less of a or Now the Gemara continues. Ma etza. What is this itza that we mentioned in the Mishnah? That is the feed for camels. Am Tevin Yehuda, teven, kitnit. It is the straw of the legumes. Straw of the peas. And that is what is considered to be feed for the gamal. And its shiur is pi- gamal, the amount that would feed the mouth or fill the mouth of a camel. Ki amar. And Rabdimi came from Eretz Yisrael. Throughout Shas, we have this type of memra where Rabdimi and Rabin used to come from Eretz Yisrael and report the learning in Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. Most of the time, they were bringing memra to the name of Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan, who is a central figure in the learning in Eretz Yisrael as well as the Ushalmi, Rabbi Yohanan was blessed with a long life and therefore he extends over many generations of Amorim in the Ushalmi. Actually makes it somewhat difficult sometimes to place or time the generations or the chronology of the Amoraim and the Ushalmi because the usual way that you do it is by with whom the Amora appears together with. From that you can deduce what are the strata of Amoraim through the generation. problem is that Rabbi Yochanan appears with many of the Amoraim in the Ushalmi because he lives such a long life and crosses over many generations and therefore it's somewhat difficult sometimes to determine exactly the chronology of the Amoraim and the Ushalmi. Nevertheless, we have reports from these individuals who are coming from Eretz with the memo that they had heard from Rabbi Yochanan. So, Rabdimi comes and says, A para, that a person who takes that straw, that is the amount that fills the mouth of a para, ligamal. But he didn't do it for a para for a cow. Instead, he did it for a gamal. So, he's taking about the amount or the shiur that would be ra'ui for a para, but yet he's using it for feed for a camel, which it's not ra'ui for. The reason that the Mishnah gives these different animals is because this feed is particular to that animal. Tevin's straw is used for a cow. Itza is used for a gamal. Over here he's taking out straw, Tevin, for the gamal. But he takes out a sufficient shior that it would feed or successfully field a, feed a para, a cow. Yochanan says, you're chayav in that case. Rabbi Shimon Lakish says, you're patur. Bu'urta amar Rabbi Yochanan hachi. At night, that's what Rabbi Yochanan said. Tzafra in the morning he got up, hadar And he reversed his position and said like Reish Lakish, which is that it's patur. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Shapir avad the hadar. Uh, Yosef says it's a good thing that he retracted his position it's pretty obvious that this should not work because his intent here is to take this out for feed for a camel and heaven does not work as feed for a camel because they don't need it no just the opposite that his original position makes more sense because he took out enough that was Ruya for a para. And since it's Ruya for a para, even though he's trying to feed it to a gamal, which is not its feed and it's not significant to the camel, he took out a shiur. that was riuya for a para. Ellata raven. So now we have raven instead of ravdimi coming, reporting this memo of yochan and Amar. Hamotzi Tevin Kamalopi Para, someone who takes out straw, the amount that would fill the mouth of a cow, Ligamal. He took it out for a camel. Everybody agrees your chayyav in that case, like the logic of a baye, which is that you've met the minimum threshold of shiur, even though now you're taking it out for a camel, nevertheless you have sufficient amount that would feed a para, and that should be enough to make you culpable. Keep where do Rabbi argue? But motzi kamlo lo para, le para. When he takes out etzah, which is normally feed for a camel, but he takes it out for a cow, but he doesn't just take out enough to feed the fill the mouth of a camel, he takes enough to fill the mouth of a cow. The ipchaidmar and their positions are reversed. Rabbi Yochanan amar Patur. Rabbi Yochanan says you Patur in that case. Rish Lakshemar. Chayav. Rabbi Yochanan says you will be Chayav. Rabbi Yochanan Patur. Rabbi Yochanan says you Patur. Because achila, yedei dechach, lo shme achila. It's true that the feed that is used for camels, this itza is normally not eaten by parot. And it is true that parot, cows in desperate need who are very hungry, might actually eat this camel feed. But nevertheless, it's not the norm. since is not the norm, Rabbi it says, you are patur, even though you took out the etzah, which would be eaten under duress by the cow, and you took enough out to fill the cow's mouth, nevertheless you're patur, because eating under duress is not considered to be eating. So, Fo points out that this is not a global statement, it's here as a statement with regards to Hilchot Shabbat, there are other instances, for instance, the Gabay Nizakin by damages, where achila yedei will be considered achila, and will not be considered something that's an unusual behavior of the animal. is The says you are culpable in this case, because achila yedei achila. Because eating under duress, or in situations where the animal would not normally eat this food, but if pressured or hungry it would eat it, that is called achila. And therefore if you carry out sufficient amount of a tzah to fill the mouth of a para, you will be chayav, because in certain circumstances a para would consume that type of feed. The Gemara says, Amir, that is mentioned in our Mishnah, which is the Kashim Shel Shibolim, ears of corn or soft straw. Over there we said that it has to be the size, it has to be the amount that would fill the mouth of a lamb. Don't we have a bright that says it's krugo Geret, size of a fig. The Gemara says, They are a single Shiur. The points out, why didn't the Mishnah just then say Geret? Because then we wouldn't know how the Mishnah came to that shiur. Krogeret is normally a size or shiur for human consumption. Over here we're not discussing human consumption. So therefore, the Mishnah gave us the amount of a mouthful of a tleh, which is equivalent to a Grogeret, to explain to us what the derivation of that shiur is. They're not able to be mizdarev because they all have different shiurim. This is what we mentioned in the Mishnah. They cannot be mitzaref to the one that requires a more stringent shiur, meaning a larger shiur. But if they require a smaller shiur, the one that regards a larger shiur could be mitzaref to them. Wait a minute, why should that work? When we have things that do not have an equal shiur, are they mitzaref? Whether it's the chumrah or the kulah Then we have a Mishnah in Kelim, that tells us what the minimum shirim are for different materials. Habeged, cloth, which is usually made out of wool and linen. Gimel, al-gimel, it has to be three by three tfakhim at minimum, in order to be Mikhabel Tumah. Vasak, cloth, which is usually made out of the goat's hair. Talad al talad has to have a minimum shear of four by four tfakhim. V'hoor, skins hides leather has to have a minimum shear of hey al oh, hey 505 five tfakhim. five which is a mat or a reed mat vav al has to be six by six tfakhim. V'tani alam and on that we have a qualification of that mishnah. It says a beged vasaq vahor vahor vamapets mitzdarfim They are able to be mitzareif one to the other. So here you see just because they have different shiurim doesn't mean that they're precluded from being mitz So why in our Mishnah we come into this conclusion that just because they have different shirim, they cannot be mitz Over here we have a Mishnah with different shirim in it, and yet we still say that they are mitz over here. Now, when we say over here the qualification that they are mitz-dareif, Tosafot says that the siruf is very particular. The qualification says habeged hama, sak v'or, v'hor You see here that it's only the item that's next to it in the Mishnah. So beged and sak are together. Sak and or can go together. Or and pits go together. Only those items will be mitzareif. And Tosfot says it's a practical reason because those are mitchaber. They connect to each other. But other items, if you took the beged and the amepitz, since they would not weave together, they would not be able to connect together. They would not be mitzareif. So Tosfot says that this. Qualification is exact and is pairing up the items that would be mitzvah. On the other hand, there are, before Shim, it's possible that even Rashi says this here, that say that the Tani Allah is just giving you the examples through the Mishnah, but it means that anything in the Mishnah can be mitzvah. What's the reason that they are Mushaf. So the answer as to why this Mishnah allows these items to be mitzvah is because they all have a common Shi'ur together, which is l'tamei b'moshav. They can be Metame when it's sat on. If it's used for a patch on a maradat, on the saddle or the blanket of a donkey, then a shear of one by one, tefach by tefach would be sufficient as a patch. And since it's being designated for use to be sat on, that would be qualify as the minimum shiur. And since they have this common denominator of a common shiur, that's what allows them to be mitz So now Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina's position is somewhat precarious because we hear the Mishnah states the only reason that they can be mitz is because they share a common denominator. So here Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina, how does he have a common denominator to allow them to be mitz over here? He's making a statement that the Kamur Shebehen can be mitzitareff like Kahal shebehen. Is that really true? Because they don't have a common denominator. They don't have something that would join them together. Now in terms of the Tefach by Tefach being a Shi'ur, a minimum Shi'ur that allows them to mitzitareff, Rashi claims that if you take two of these materials and put them together to create something that's a Tefach by a tefach, therefore it would be Mikabel Tumah. So what you see from the qualification is that these items are mitzitareff together because. They can be put together and then have a tefach by tefach shiur. They can be used together for a common shiur. That's the way Rashi reads the Gemara. That since they share a common shiur where they could be mitzterif, where they could join together in that shiur, that's what allows them to be mitzterif. Had it not been for that, it would not be mitzareif. On the other hand, Tosafot says that this has nothing to do with putting multiple materials together. Even a single material of one by one tefakh would be mekabel tumah. The proof of the fact is that they actually share a common shiur. They all have the same shiur of tefach by tefach. The fact that they can combine together, Tosafot already told us, is a practical issue. It's a question of what is mitchaber? And that's why Tosafot before said that only items that are next to each other in that Mishnah are mitzdareif because they're the only types of materials that join together. So that's not what the qualifications come to teach us that they can be put together. Qualifications come to teach us that they have a common shiur, a common denominator over here. Now Tosafot does also point out that the Mishnah we quoted from Kalim is really a shorthand for the Mishnah that's really found in Kelim, and in Kelim the Mishnah distinguishes between what we call Tumata mate and Tumat Midras, which is that these shiurim with regards to a bagel three by three tavochem is for Tumat Midras. On the other hand, for Tumata mate, it's three by three Ets baot. The other items here, their shiurim are equal both for Midras. She has items that are designated for sitting on or laying on, as well as for a tumata mate. And the qualification of the Gemara is, "Why is the tumata mate here midsttarei? Because by Tumat Midras, we don't have a question. because by Tumat Midras, there really is no minimum shirim as long as you meet the qualification that it can be sat on. So over there, it's no question if they designate it to be sat on, that they could all be midsttarei. The question of the Gumara is by tumata mate, where there is no common denominator, nothing that can join them together. What allows us to be mitz them then for Tumat amet? And that, the Gemara's answer is because they share this common denominator of Tumat mushav, which has this Tevach, Tevach, Shi'ur for all of them. Again, according to Rashi, that means they can be joined together to make that Tevach by Tevach. According to Tosafot, it means just that they have the same Shi'ur. Since they have the same Shi'ur, that common denominator allows them to be mitz But what you see from this is, It's only because they have this common Shi'ur together that allows them to be of an Had they had not had this common shiur together, they would not have combined. And so therefore, how does Rabbi Brobi Rabbi Chanina make a statement that they are mitz here when it's the chamur to the cow? The answer is, Amarava hachanami, in our case also, there is a common denominator, which is chazia, the dugma, that they are reuim for samples to show the customers. According to Rashi, will have the same meaning as we had over here, which is that the multiple items can be put together to create a sample. Just like before, multiple items can come together to make up the tefach by tefach for tumat moshav. So over here, the samples can be all put together in a single display. And therefore, since they have the same shiur, the dugma, that common denominator will make it that they can be mitztereth. The shi toto again says, has nothing to do with the fact that they can be combined together, but rather with the same shiur. By moshav, the common denominator is that they all have a shiur of tefach or tefach. Over here, the dugma, we'll see later on. That a dugma requires a koshu, any amount. And so since they share that common shiur for a dugma, therefore they can be in other areas, since there is one area where they do share a common shiur. And we continue with the Mishnah. A person who takes out ochel the size of a kuggeret, the size of a fig, is chayav. U zeim ze And a different food items can be combined, Mipnesha because they share a common shiur. Since they share the common shiur, they can be mitzreif. So you can have two food items put together that make up the size of a fig. As long as they're edible for humans, then they be mitzreif and you be chayah Chutz, what's included in the size of a fig, is the food item itself. What is not included is klipatan, their shells, karinehem, their pits, uksihem, their stalks, v'subanu marsan. Suban is the husks. As Rashi says, it's the klipat chitim, it's the outer shell of the wheat that comes out when you pound it. Umursanan is the coarse bran, which remains in the sieve or the sifter when the grain is being cleaned or nivrar, selected. So it's the husks or the thin bran and the coarse bran. Those items are not included in the shiur of a Kruger because these are items that are not eaten. The shells, the pits, the stalks, and these other items are not eaten excluded from this is the thin shell of the lentils because even though you take off the outer shell of the lentils in order to eat them or cook them, the thin shell that's around the lentils are left on when you cook it and therefore they become a part of the food and they're counted as part of the shi'ur because they're not considered to be inedible or extraneous to the food it's really true that the husks and of course, Bran are not mixed that's not, we have a Mishnah. kemach, v'od Five lob, or really it's five quarters, one and a quarter k'av of kemach, and a little more is chayav b'chalah. We saw this early in the Mesechta, that that is the minimum shiur that one has to need in order to be chayav in chalah. And so that shiur is determined by hein, the item, the dough, the wheat itself, or mursanan including the husks and the bran, they are counted towards that shiur. So why over there by challah they counted towards the shiur, and here for Shabbat, they're not counted towards the shiur. So Marabaye, I'll explain that to you, because a poor person will eat, basically, whole wheat bread. Since a poor person will eat whole wheat bread, that is considered or classified as being a part of the minimum shiur for challah. When it comes to Shabbat, we're not going to be governed by that which the poor person does. We're going to go after Rove B'nei Adam. And Ro B'nei Adam, over here, would not consider this to be Ochel. And therefore, they will not count towards the Shear for taking it out. By Chala, since the ani makes whole wheat bread, so that's enough, but on Shabbat, where we're looking for something that is the standard of the normal shiur, we would not include these items, this whole wheat bread. Again, that might change today, where it's not only the ani that eats whole wheat bread, but almost everybody... Would eat holy bread, not white bread, and therefore maybe the standard has changed today, where these items would be included in the minimum shiur for carrying on Shabbat. Gemara says, chutz adashim adashim only true by lentils pulim lo, but by beans it's not true. Batanya with a brighter, chutz pulim It comes to exclude the shelves of both beans and lentils because they are cooked with the items. Gemara says, that's not a problem. That depends on how new or old the shell is around the bean. Atike may time alo. The new ones would cook a new picked bean with the clean shells on it. One would cook the bean together with the shells. And therefore it would be mitzareif. In our Mishnah where he only mentions the Adashim. is talking about things that have aged a little bit. And therefore you would not count the shells of the beans. So the Mara wants to know why is it that... The shells of the beans do not count when they've aged or are a little older. Because they turn black, or they have black dots in them, and it looks like there are flies in the food. But so because of that, people take those shells off because they don't want people to be weary of their food because it looks like that there are flies in there, therefore they remove the shells. So our Mishnah where Rabbi Huda only mentions lentils, was talking about these aged lentils or aged beans. Beans won't count there because you would not leave the shells on. Lentils do count because you would leave the shells on. But with newer beans or newer lentils, where both, in that case, both of them, the shells will be left on. In Achanami, that's what the B'aita says, or B'huta says, they would count towards a food because they would be cooked together with it. With that, we end the parak. Now we begin the new parak. Hamotzi yayin kos. The person who takes that wine, it has to be sufficient to dilute in order to make a cup. The Gemara will discuss this in one second, how much of raw wine you need in order to make up a full cup of wine. And that's what you will be culpable for. Chalav. When we're talking about milk, kade gmiyah, The amount that one would normally swallow or gulp down. Tosafot brings another interpretation from the Rabbeinu Parat. That, that is a Malolugmav. That is a cheekful. Although he doesn't like that interpretation necessarily. That's another possibility of what this Kadeh is over here. Vash. The amount of honey that you have to carry out is Kadeh Put on a wound. Rashi says what we're talking about here is the wounds on the back of the horses and the camels that they get from carrying their heavy loads. So it is a salve for those types of wounds. On the other hand, Rashi does mention that his Rabbutai, his Rabbayim, interpreted it to be wounds that were human wounds on the hands or the feet of a human being. And other Rishonim, like the Ritful, also think that that's the case. Shemen, the amount of oil to carry out is Kedela Socha Katan, is enough to rub or anoint on a small limb. Omar will explain later on that it's the pinky of a baby. Mayim Kedela Shuk the amount of water you have to take out is water that would be sufficient to mix with the eye makeup or the eye powder to put on or to make it a paste that you could put on the makeup on the woman's eye. Any other liquid drink, the minimum sure is a rivit, is a one quarter of a log. Or the equivalent of a baits and a half. There are six beitza and a log, or so a, a log. A quarter of a log is equivalent to one and a half baits That is the minimum shear. Just like by food items, the common shear and the minimum shear, if we don't have otherwise, is a grogeret, the size of a fig. By liquids, that minimum shear is a reviit halog. Cholashofechim all sewage water is counted towards revit again the Gemara will discuss what you use that for Rabbi Shimon Omer Rabbi Shimon we saw in yesterday's daf who we said our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Shimon says Kulan all liquids have the same shiur which is a revit the so then what are all these shiurim in our Mishnah that the standard or default level for all types of liquids is a revit unless someone would store such a shiur that is smaller than that. And if that person stores a shior that's smaller than that, then it impacts them and no one else. They will not be determinant for other people in giving chashivu to this item. The standard of default shiur is a revit. People who store items, then there is also a minimum shior based on that subjective standard, which are now being listed out in the Mishnah, for that person to be culpable. But that will have no impact on anybody else. Just because someone puts away honey to put on the wound of an animal, it doesn't change the fact that the honey's shiur is a revit. For that person who stores it for a wound, he will be chayav for that sure down to the minimum shior of a wound of an animal. But that won't impact on other, others. So there is subjectivity here in terms of storage. And these are minimum shiurim for that subjectivity. Again, that's why the Gemara said yesterday that Rabbi Shimon cannot be the author of the previous Mishnah. Because that previous Mishnah on yesterday's Dav said, and when it is stored by the majority of people, that changes what the default shiur is, and it impacts on everyone. It's not just for those that store it. It affects everyone who would carry it out. Sutano Tano, our Mishnah says, We have an omission that has to be enough to dilute a kos. When we're talking about the k'day mizigat kos, it's mizigat kos yafe, a nice cup. My guy says, my kos What is a nice cup? Kos shabracha. The kos that is used for benching, it's the that that is used in religious ceremonies. Umar and brachot gives all sorts of qualifications for, one of which is that it must contain a log. olog. Amarav Nachman, kosho bracha, Sharik shehebo rova reviit. A kosho bracha must have in it a quarter of a quarter log, Kadeshim Zaganuk, in order that he can dilute it, yamot ol and then it will be equivalent to a reviit. So you must take enough wine that is undiluted, strong, the potent wine, that you will dilute in order to drink it, that would then suffice to make up a rivi'it log. And what the statement of Rav Nachman of Ravua says is, that amount is reviit, a quarter of Revitalog, of a quarter log. So a quarter log is the amount of wine you need in order to bench. So in order to dilute the wine to get it to that level, we have to take a quarter of a quarter, one sixteenth of a log worth of undiluted wine, and then pour it in water. Basically, what you're creating here is three parts water, one part wine. So, three parts water and one part wine together will then be equal to a revita log, we to a quarter of a log, and that means that the wine here makes up a quarter of that amount, or a quarter of a quarter log. We can see this from our Mishnah. What we see from the Mishnah is somewhat subject to Machloket here. Rashi says we can see from the Mishnah that the amount of wine, that I'm diluted would be chayav for as a quarter of a quarter. Tosafot says that don't need that from the Mishnah because that would be self-understood. Rather, how do we know that a kosher bracha requires a ravit yayin? So that's what the Gemara is trying to bring a proof to. So, however, we learned that from the Mishnah because our Mishnah says motzi yayin mizigat that A person has to take out enough wine in order to dilute it. Allah and on that, we saw that that means the coast. We're talking about here's a kos yafeh or the kos of. Or a coast, and the latter half of the mission says, The remaining Mashkim have a Revit. So we know that the standard for liquids is a Revit. And since the standard of liquids is a Revit, and the beginning of the mission says that you have to take out Mizigat Kos, the amount that would suffice for Mizigat Kos, well, what would be the amount that would come up to a Kos or to be significant in liquids? That would be Revit. So according to Tosavot, that's what Revel is bringing or proving from our Mishnah that a kosher bracha has that minimum shear of reviit. On the other hand, Rashi says that the Mishnah is proving that you need a quarter of a quarter log, because we know that the final amount from our Mishnah is going to be a rivi'it, because that's what is significant within liquids. So how do I get from a undiluted or raw wine to have it be a log? I start out with a quarter of a quarter log, and that shows us that one-sixteenth of a log of undiluted wine is the minimum shear for carrying out. For rovodotameh, and Rova is the to, according to his own shita, which is Dhamma Rova. Any wine that is not diluted one to three, one part wine to three parts water, it's not considered to be wine. Now, in terms of what it means not considered wine, that doesn't mean that if it's less diluted, it's not wine. It's just that Rovo says that that is not considered to be wine that he would enjoy or wine that he would normally drink because he didn't like his wine so potent or so strong. But certainly, if someone diluted it less, it still would be classified as wine. It would just be much stronger wine. Rova is just giving you the maximum amount of water that could still be placed with the raw or undiluted wine, and it would still be classified as wine. And that's three parts water, to one part wine, which is what Rova loves. But that doesn't mean that if it had less than that dilution, it wouldn't be classified as wine. It would be classified as wine. Just that you can't have higher than that dilution, because then it would not be classified as wine. Okay, we'll stop over here. The Soviet continues with Abai challenging that understanding of Ravla in the Mishnah.